0: DJ and PK, it is time to talk youth football with Josh Newman, Youth's beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at SmartRain.net. Josh, good morning.
1: Good morning, boys. How are you?
0: Good. Uh, There are many questions after one game. We've been dying to get a look at the team, and now we have. But the biggest question, how much confidence do you have in their ability to win the Pac-12 South and get to the Pac-12 title game? And I'm curious if you have more confidence in them, less, or about the same as you did before that thing kicked off and went into a lightning delay.
1: Well, you know, to... To your first question, look, I I think Utah is the best team in the Pac-12 South. I think they have more capabilities, more guys, and more positions than USC. Um, I don't think my opinion there has changed. It's certainly not going to change. I'm not going to make any sweeping, firm judgments off one game. Certainly not going to make any firm, sweeping judgments off one game against Weber State. Um, Look, a lot of good last night. I thought Charlie Brewer was solid. Uh, Tavion Thomas looked as advertised Devin Lloyd was all over the field <laughs> A lot of good things last night um, But there was a lot of things they need fixing And Kyle Whittingham was not shy last night Post-game in speaking about those things um, Look Tavion Thomas lost a fumble uh, They missed an extra point After a delay of game um, T.J. Pledger dropped a touchdown pass Right? Charlie Brewer hit him on the two-yard line He dropped it uh, Cole Fotheringham dropped a touchdown pass Uh, They gave up a 17-play drive to Weber State, although that ended in a goal-line stand. So um, one game, um, not going to go off the reservation about anything really off one game. uh, But now things are going to start to get a little more serious with a better opponent coming here um, in BYU. Yeah,
2: all reasonable takes off of that game as far as not making uh, pronouncements, what have you. Uh, the number one thing that I was looking for, Josh, going into this game was how the running backs were going to play, you know, because uh, BYU, or excuse me, Utah, you know, you haven't been here that long, but it takes you about five minutes to figure out, okay, they have had success with one back. I think they've had eight of the last 10 years, have had over 1,000 yards, uh, running back's had, so Kyle prefers a one-back system with other guys spotting that particular back, I don't want to go crazy, but it did seem to me like if we're going to go with a depth chart next week against the Cougars, I'm going to go Thomas 1, uh, Bernard 2, Pledger 3, Curry 4. What do you
1: think? Yeah, you know, if you want to create a depth chart, I I, I agree with that. You know, with that. Um, Thomas, Bernard, Pledger, Curry. Now, again, one game, you don't want to make any huge sweeping generalizations, but I, I will say this. Tavion Thomas, just based on what you watched last night, just off the eye test, he looks like a guy that you can give the ball to 15 or 20 times. He, he has the size. He has the speed. He looks like that guy. Um, I'd like to see more of T.J. Pledger before I really start to make up my mind. Um, everything coming out of camp was that, you know, that he was very good, that he was as advertised. As I said, opening drive, he drops a touchdown pass. He was kind of in the doghouse after that. Only had a couple of carries. Uh, Chris Curry played. You know, he was limited. He only carried the ball three times. He got stuffed on a on a fourth and goal at the one after uh, the offensive line blew up. So, um, my big takeaway from the running back situation, aside from Thomas, is that I thought Makai Bernard was really good last night. He had a couple of catches on on the first drive. I think he had three catches. Uh, you know, he ran the ball four times. I think he finished with like 77 or, or, or 80 total yards. Um, good for him because he's a third-year guy. He's been patient. He's waited his turn. And he had a pretty pretty solid opening effort, um, it, in my opinion. But, again, no sweeping judgments. Um, but I agree with you. If we're looking at a pecking order, yes, I think it's Tavion Thomas at number one right now.
0: Nick Ford tweeting out: There will be improvement. The O line had some good moments, but the O line had some bad moments. Miss blocks in the running game, and the quarterback got hit too much.
1: Quarterback definitely got hit too much. Brewer took a took a pretty good shot to uh, to the head at one point. That uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That was a targeting call, right?
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That was a targeting call. So, look, the offensive line. You know, Kyle Whittingham has, has painted that as his biggest concern right now. Um, Everybody dressed, with the exception of a Satel Lamnea. So Jaron Kump, that you know, that's the big takeaway. Jaron Kump did not play last night. Dressed, didn't play. Kyle said post game that he uh, he's optimistic that Kump can play against BYU. Um, so if Kump does play against BYU, what do you do with the rest of the line? Look, Jaron Kump is going to play. He's the best tackle on the roster. So what do you do? You know, do you slide Kump in? Um, at left tackle and pull Bam Olaseni out. Do you slide Comp in at right tackle and leave Olaseni there? There, so you know there's some decisions to be made, but I think I think things will get better once Comp is in in the lineup healthy and able to play.
2: I like where this BYU game is situated, uh, and I prefer they play the first game of the year. And I'd wish that there would be some rule that they, the uh, all teams, not just the Utes or whomever, play. They shouldn't be playing Big Sky teams, but everybody does it, so or most everybody anyway. But I like that the. The, you know, you got enough to work on based on the game itself from Weber, and they probably weren't going to play a perfect game. And they, maybe they played a little less perfect, if that's an expression that Kyle would want. So he's got things to work on, but the fact that it's BYU, and even if you're new, you still have an understanding of who BYU is, and they haven't lost to them. They're going for 10 in a row. So I really like the way it's set up because I think it gives them a challenge to – be ready. They should be focused and all that stuff. Get a better read of where they're at. Followed by San Jose State the following week, and then starting conference play. In my mind, I like slating BYU at that second spot after the first game against Big Sky caliber. Hey, do you like that where it is?
1: I do. I agree with you. I like where it is. Now, look. On one hand, I understand if if you or 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 the fans would want Utah BYU as the opener because if it's the opener you have months and months of build up you know people are going to be talking about it for months because it's the first game that's on one hand on the other hand again i agree with you second game means look utah has a baseline now for what they are what they need to work on they can make improvements you know BYU's in the same boat they're going to play arizona late saturday night they'll have a baseline they'll have things that they can work on and theoretically utah byu being the second game you're going to see two improved football teams based on what we're seeing in game one so yes i agree with you i like this you know i i like this utah byu game in that second spot because again theoretically we're going to get a higher quality of play out of both teams versus what we might have gotten if it was the opener
0: do you believe the tight ends are good enough and uh fast enough to get downfield and make the explosive plays that we generally expect wide receivers to make, except the Utes don't seem to have the quality and the depth of wide receivers that we would normally associate with a really good football team.
1: Uh, Yes, I do. And I think Brand Keefe is a a proven commodity in that department. I mean, look, just look at the first play from scrimmage last night. Uh, Utah went five wide, Brewer in the shotgun. Uh, Keefe gets behind his man. Draws a pass interference penalty. Uh, you know that's what that's what Keithy does. You know he's not this big lumbering blocking tight end. He's more of a you know a versatile type of guy, a, a pass catching option. And you know he's a again he's a proven commodity there. I came away really impressed uh, with Dalton Kincaid last night. Um, transfer from the University of San Diego, where he was uh, an FCS All American in 2019. Uh, you know played the you know the weirdo five game COVID season. You know, he played, uh, but he didn't have a huge impact last season. He came out last night, and I thought he was awesome. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I think he was four catches for 76 yards, caught a couple of touchdown passes. That's an interesting weapon kind of coming out of nowhere here. And Kyle said postgame. He, he thinks that Kincaid, and I'm paraphrasing Kyle, he thinks that Kincaid is the best-kept secret in the Pac-12. Kind of hard to argue based on what we saw last night.
2: So I like how you definitively thought that uh Utah is the best team in the South. I don't know if they are. I'm not willing to go to that strong, but the good thing about it is they've got nine games to prove it. And most people, well, not maybe not most people, but anyway, a lot of people would think that, you know, SC should be there. So I want to run this by you, that, okay, going with your argument for argument, with your statement, for argument's sake, Utah has the best talent in the South, all right? I can agree with that. We'll see what happens. But how about that even though they have the best talent, they don't necessarily win the division because SC doesn't play Oregon and Washington. I think that's a huge advantage for the Trojans.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm not going to argue there. A huge advantage, absolutely. And just to further your point, uh, we all know that Utah hasn't won at, at the Coliseum. And we can talk about you know the 100-year streak, but let's let's boil that down a, a little further. Utah is 0-5 at the Coliseum since joining the Pac-12. Some of those losses have been under brutal circumstances, and and that's what it is. And if if Utah thinks, <clears throat> excuse me, if Utah thinks that it's for real, if it thinks that it's a legitimate contender to win the Pac-12, this Utah team needs to go into the Coliseum and figure it out. That's flat statement. I've been saying it for, for months. If Utah thinks it's for real. You need to figure it out at USC and look they win last night they will be betting favorites against BYU and San Diego State and Washington State and I think they're going to go into the Coliseum at 4-0 and they need to figure it out if you're going to win the Pac-12 South you have to beat USC at USC it's high time that you figure that out
0: Alan, uh, Josh Newman, join us here. youth writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. After Utah beats Weber State, you know Kyle will say a lot of things for public consumption, and he doesn't spin it a lot. But he also doesn't have to tell one hundred percent the truth. What do you think bugs him the most right now, and has he blurted it out or not?
1: It was interesting last night. He he walked into the post game presser with a what appeared to be a crumpled up three by five index card. And at one point he pulls out the card and it's literally a list of things that they did wrong. Um, I don't think he harped on any one thing. I don't think there's any one thing off that game that's bugging him, but there's a lot of little things that he believes that need fixing. And, you know, I mentioned most of them, right? The drop touchdown passes, uh, stuff on fourth and one, uh, you know, the Tavion Thomas fumble. I think he, and uh, again, the, the there's only so much to glean from a nine-minute post-game press conference with Kyle having not watched film yet. I don't know that there's any one thing that's bugging him. I think he's walking out of that game optimistic, but it was very clear to me that he was at least mildly displeased about what went on last night. And I don't blame him. You know, Weber hung around. Uh, they gave up a hundred-yard kickoff return for a touchdown, which I failed to mention throughout this interview. That that kills Kyle and their special teams problems. So. Uh, no, you know, no one glaring thing, but certainly a lot of little things. And I don't know that I don't know that their total effort last night is good enough to beat the top of the Pac-12. Like I don't know that last night's effort beats USC. I don't know that that effort beats a healthy Arizona State. But again, it's a baseline, and it's one game, and you're not going to go crazy over anything. But there's absolutely things that need to be fixed. I think anybody watching last night, whether it be on TV or live, I think everybody can agree that there are plenty of things that need working on.
0: Josh, we appreciate the time, as always. Enjoy, a, uh, enjoy 10 days to the next game. I don't know, that doesn't make any difference to you. You've got to keep grinding out content. It doesn't matter to you, right?
1: <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's day after day. We'll get it done. But look, football's back right these are good problems to have i'm happy to keep cranking Ooh. things out because it means we have a season so let's get I going i hear you way to
2: go josh
0: newman you can read him in the salt lake tribune covering the youths follow him on social media as well thank you josh dj Thanks, and pk dj and pk it's 975 and 1280 the zone we've got a lot of reaction to the youth game people's impressions coming in a lot of what uh Josh just said, and then people just weighing in based on what they saw in the game as well. And we will get to that next. Stay with us.